0: Welcome to Inside Scope, the American Gastroenterological Association podcast that will help you advance your patient care one half hour segment at a time. Join us to hear from the experts, learn new skills, and stay abreast of changing best practices. We'll be tackling a different topic each month, so make sure to subscribe and join us on our mission to improve digestive health for all. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Uzma Siddiqui, your co-host for the Innovation in Duodenoscope Design Program. In this six-part podcast series, Dr. Adarsh Thacker and I will speak with leading experts on duodenoscope-related infections and explore how innovative technology is helping us to overcome this issue. Now, in today's episode, I'll be sitting down with Dr. Amrita Sethi, Dr. Sethi is a professor of medicine at Columbia University in New York City. She's also the director of interventional endoscopy and the advanced endoscopy fellowship program. She completed her general GI fellowship at Medical College of Virginia in Richmond, and then her advanced endoscopy fellowship at University of Colorado in Denver. She started at Columbia in 2008 and has remained a powerhouse there ever since. Her clinical practice and research interests include ERCP, cholangioscopy, therapeutic EUS, and third space endoscopy, like POEM and ESD and her interest in innovation and endoscopy have been highlighted through her work with the global society women in endoscopy which she's the founder and current president of and she's also the current chair elect for the aga's center for gi innovation and technology committee so dr Sethi. Thank you for joining us today. You're obviously one of the leading experts in endoscopic innovation, and so I'm really looking forward to talking with you today about the opportunities that are provided with single-use scopes, some of which are going to go beyond the initial thoughts that it will help with infection control. Now, before we jump into our conversation related to the scopes, could I ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your work?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me. A pleasure, as always, to sit down with you. So I uh, am currently at Columbia, as you just mentioned. I've been there now for almost 15 years, which seems hard to believe. I've really enjoyed building my career through my first love, which was in ERCP and cholangioscopy and interventional EUS and having the opportunity to grow with the field and bring POEM and ESD to our practice. But I think one of the Really exciting things over the past few years that I've enjoyed doing is some of my positions and organizations outside of the university, including uh, Women Endoscopy, as you are a part of, and thanks for being a part of that, and really being able to get around the world and get exposure to women and diverse members of our community and understand what everybody's doing and to help build networks. And similarly with CJIT, I think it's been just eye-opening to see the ways that people think about innovation in the field, to get exposure to our colleagues who are thinking about different aspects of endoscopy outside of our everyday realms, and as well as kind of working really closely with industry in a partnership form and understanding how we can all work together to not only to bring innovation to the field, but diversity to that innovation as well. And hear some different perspectives, voices and needs and understand how we can play a role in really shaping that. So that's been a really exciting part of my time and things that I'm looking forward to over the next couple of years.
0: And I think it's fantastic that, when we're using these words, innovation, technology, advanced endoscopy, that women are front and center and definitely helping to lead the conversation. So that's why it's really important, I think, all the work you're doing, and I'm so proud to be a part of it with you. Now, once we start talking about these disposable scopes, I guess the first question is, where do you stand on the use of disposable scopes in general?
1: It's a good question. And in full honesty, I'm not sure I've come to my sort of final conclusion. I think I am interested in seeing how we develop this part of the field. I think there's a need. I don't think we can continue thinking about scopes and growth in the field without thinking of having options available to us that are going to take into account the growth of our field, for one thing. Uh, Issues that come up like infection control, as we've seen, not only through the infection issues related to adenoscopes specifically, but even things like COVID and having to have flexibility in our units in dealing with various availability of resources, both material as well as personnel. So I think it's really important for us to have options available. I think there's no getting away from the fact that disposable scopes are going to be, need to be a part of armamentarium. I do think there are issues like waste and how do we deal with, you know, what we are, the footprint that we are creating. Are we creating more of a footprint or helping the situation? As well as paying attention to quality of our scoping and making sure that we're still getting to do what we want to do with the high level of quality that we've always
0: been able to enjoy. And I agree with you. Our opinions on disposable scopes are evolving as the technology related to the scopes evolves, because I'm sure they're going to continue to get better. But I guess if you had to break it down and say, what are the current advantages with a disposable scope? You were saying infection control. Obviously, you obviate that issue and some flexibility in a unit that may not have adequate resources. But then the disadvantages are the carbon footprint. And you would also say the technology in its current state is not as good as what we're used to.
1: Yeah, I think there are are little subtleties. Our field is one where your volume and your experience kind of dictates how you do procedures, your techniques. You definitely develop strong opinions about the way you should do it. And sometimes that becomes harder to change depending on if there are changes in our scopes, for example. So I think for me right now, there are limits to how I do some of the ERCPs or challenges that I may face using the current scopes. I do think that one thing that's been pretty fascinating about the disposable scope introduction is just the pace at which changes can occur you know we've seen with all the scope companies the iterations have been so rapid that it really does suggest that there can be a lot of flexibility if in the feedback that we provide and that's the reason why it's really important for there to be diversity in that feedback but for them to actually be able to make changes so that what doesn't work for some of us or initially can be changed quickly so that it can be more successful.
0: I think you bring up a great point. So with a new technology, when you're an early contributor, you do have the opportunity to create change. And so what do you see as some of the changes that your input can bring about with these disposable scopes? And what has industry been coming to you asking about with these scopes?
1: The most obvious is the ergonomics of it. And, you know, are these scopes, should they just be one size fits all? As the work in ergonomics has showed us that that's not, probably not the case and that we all have different size hands, we all have different height. There's just so many differences in terms of what is comfortable in our hands as well as what is good for our hands and our bodies when we're scoping. And so I think the ability to, Adjust, for example, or customize wheel sizes or angles or the way something sits in your hand, or even the um umbilical cord and how that comes out and how that may affect how you position yourself for the procedure. Stiffness of the scope, I think, is going to be important. And then as well as the optics and what you can add to the scope. Should the scope innovations just be solving the problem of infection control and ergonomics, or should we also pay attention to some of the other things that we look at with scopes like software enhancement the quality of our optics ability to magnify or even irrigation possibilities i think the more that we can add all of that in together the better but it is a difficult thing for the companies to do and and that's been an interesting place of conversation for me cuz you know when you go into it and companies come and say like what would you like to see on the scope you know we sort of think like well a, B, C, and D, and can't you put it all, and you're creating something new. When you really hear a little bit about the process, it is understandable that they can't do everything at once. But again, this process of like being able to change things quickly and adapt will allow us to have more. We just have to have be a little bit patient and also see what works and what doesn't work.
0: I think for us, when the companies come to us, we're always thinking our dream scenario, and then it's up to them to figure out with their engineers, you know, how to make it happen in a small caliber, a scope. But I agree with everything you're saying, and especially, I think, for getting more women involved in endoscopy, especially, you know, you and I have both been trying to advocate more women going into advanced endoscopy, I think The more adaptable the scopes are to an individual, then the more comfortable they feel in doing procedures and more confidence, and then that can kind of drive their career forward. So I see opportunities in changing the trajectory for many endoscopists who may otherwise not feel as comfortable doing endoscopy.
1: Yeah. And even, I think it goes beyond advanced endoscopy too. I mean, I, there's no doubt, and it's already started that we're seeing disposable scopes for upper endoscopes and colonoscopes. And you know, if you think about the volume, everyone's seeing a lot more cases. That's a lot more wear and tear on us. There's no doubt these scopes are lighter. And if we can make these changes to really customize for everybody in their everyday work, I think there's value in that.
0: So when you're talking about other opportunities for single-use scopes, I agree. So then that includes the longevity of someone's career, perhaps, because they won't be as prone to ergonomic-related injuries, and then also make it more accessible to the masses in a larger capacity. And you did bring up that there are growing needs for endoscopists, and current demand is outpacing the number of GI docs we have. So perhaps this would also play a role in that.
1: Yeah, I think that increasing access for our patients to make sure that's equitable in areas that may not have a lot of GIs, where you see a lot of centers that are having to send their patients far away. I think if you have options available where some of that large capital equipment is not necessary and you can have options like this, it does allow us to get more patients in for things like screening colonoscopies, which is so important.
0: So if you take the disposable scopes and its actual impact on workflow, so you think potentially not only will it increase your, I guess, efficiency, because you don't have to wash the scopes and things like that, but then more units could have access to it. Where do you think disposable scopes currently would fit into a workflow?
1: I don't think we can replace everything. There was actually a recent paper out that looked at the sort of greenhouse effect or the environmental effect of if you replaced all, for example, single the duodenoscopes. And actually, the it increases by 40%, I believe, the amount of, of waste. So I don't think that is reasonable. But I do think that there is definitely a role to have it be mixed in as a part of the workflow. So one of the things that we're running into issues with, and I think this is true around the country, is shortage in staffing, you know, whether it's nursing or or even within our scope cleaning rooms, we're seeing a shortage. And that can really have a significant impact on your day, on your efficiency and and the workflow. So I think if, for example, you develop a certain ratio, like let's say every three scopes with a reusable and then one with a disposable, and obviously you wanna look at which cases those are. There are current guidelines about which particular cases, transplant patients, for example, or patients who've had prior infections. Obviously those are gonna fit in But I think that there is a way to work it in such that it relieves some of the stress on the staff burden of work in the scope room as well as storage and just turnover. And I think that's how it can increase your efficiency.
0: I was going to say also for us, we've talked about, you know, if it's an on-call case after hours or off-site from the endoscopy and we go to the OR OR, the ICU, again, it may just shorten the time. and also help us from losing scopes in the transit and having scopes sit more than uh, a certain amount of time before they get clean so i think we can improve things or in units where they're not doing a lot of volume which you know that's a whole nother discussion if they should be doing ercp but maybe they don't want to invest in some kind of a culture process or sterilizing their scope so that might be a good use for them as well
1: yeah, I mean the other thing is when you think about wear and tear on scopes when you have a high volume center, the more scopes you use in a day, the more probability is that you're going to develop issues with those scopes and need to send them for servicing which a takes out the scopes out of your circulation in your system and affects your efficiency but also is there's a lot of waste associated with sending scopes out, getting them fixed, bringing them back in that you know doesn't get necessarily accounted for when you think about the cost benefit of having the disposable scope. So I think the less that you're also beating up the reusables mm-hmm. and having to chance those that those get damaged and really mixing in these single use scopes, I think the more helpful that is. For example, as you mentioned, not letting scopes sit, one policy would be like all scopes over the weekend. You use disposables so that you really you don't have to call extra people in to get them clean. You don't risk that you show up on Monday with scopes that haven't been cleaned and it affects your efficiency starting from you know the beginning of the week.
0: You did bring up the carbon footprint issue. So obviously there is a lot of heightened awareness towards environmental sustainability. So how do you think GI and endoscopy as a field is contributing to this carbon footprint at baseline and then? Where do you see the disposable scopes role? Helping, hurting, making it neutral?
1: (laughs) I think that the jury is still out. As I mentioned, that paper suggests that if we were to completely convert over, we are definitely doing more harm than good. I think finding a balance is going to be our key. And then also working with the industry, not only in the materials that we're using to develop scopes, but also some of these reprocessing or recycling processes. And I think that means that we have to look, industry also has to look outside the world of GI and start to look to maybe other fields that have been doing this for some time and have been tackling the same issues and you know talk more to our engineers and our environmentalists.
0: Well, I agree this issue can't be ignored, and we still are trying to figure out where these scopes will play a role, because on the one hand, they're disposable, so then perhaps you're going to save on waste created by the reprocessing process, and the companies currently offer recycling for free, but cost is always an issue in healthcare, and so I don't know in the future, is that going to be added costs on the healthcare system? How much will it cost to be environmentally sound? And can we make that happen? Because not all the parts on these scopes can be recycled. So, you know, I think we're still trying to figure all that out. But part of the issue with this uh, series, and I think with our conversations with industry, is that we are bringing the issue up. And it is something that everyone is considering, you know, as we move forward with these disposable scopes. But I guess if you had to summarize disposable scopes, here to stay, or just a fad? No, definitely
1: here to stay, but I think offer some exciting new opportunities to think about how we can be flexible and innovative in our approach.
0: All right. I think that sums it up nicely. I want to kind of end on that positive note, looking forward to the future of disposable scopes. And I wanna thank you, Dr. Sethi, uh, for joining me today and to all of you who have tuned in for today's episode. This is episode three of six in our series on innovation in duodenoscope design. And this program was developed by the AGA Center for GI Innovation and Technology and made possible by an unrestricted educational grant from Boston Scientific. For additional resources on this topic, please visit us at scopeinnovation.gastro.org. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Inside Scope, an official AGA podcast. Make sure to subscribe to be notified as we roll out new episodes. For more GI education, visit AGA university at agau.gastro.org.